Hey, Aaron. What's up? Knock, knock. Who's there? The playoffs. Playoffs who? Not Clayton, not Don, not Hayden, but I'm in there. Carson Wentz better not suck penis or I'm going to kill myself. Y'all boys ready for this? How the folks let's gather around. Bowl the best sports talk in town. We got our host, Darren, Tim, and Chris. Baby, can't get better than this. Give out all the power rankings. Laugh at all the teams tanking. A lot of fun, a lot of surprise. Let's give it up for the guys in this league. Word to your mother. Welcome in, welcome in to yet another fabulous, fantastic episode of the This League Fantasy Football Podcast. Got a smaller crew than usual today, but of course, it's your boy, owner of Team Fairlife, Chris Mitchum. The other usual crew guy, Tim, is out today, unfortunately, but we got our in-house expert, as always, diagnosing the Colts. Every week, you guys wait for the question. He is still here. Yes, I am still joined by Aaron Hunt, owner of Let Russ Cook. And Aaron, I got one question for you, dog. Did Carson Wentz suck penis this week? And the answer to that question is he did not. Oh, yeah. Nor did the Colts. 31-0. Colt, go Colts. Beat their ass. A beat down in Houston. I'm just saying. Houston beat Tennessee, so that means we basically blanked Tennessee. That makes two, sense to me. The two times we played and they beat us doesn't count. Doesn't count. That's this a transitive counts. property, kids. Transitive yeah. property. Yeah. Look it up. Yeah. God, we're we're off to a hot start. Off to a hot start, and we had a hot show for you today. If I'm being honest, I think I already said episode 36. Uh, it is the afternoon, early evening. We usually like record at like midnight. It's like six o'clock on Friday, <laughs> so this is this is different. But it is December tenth, two thousand and twenty-one, and uh, you heard it in the cold intro, and we're doing it again. We are one week away from the playoffs, ladies and gentlemen. The playoffs are here; they're coming. We got two or three teams, two teams realistically, three teams potentially fighting for one more spot, and we are going to get into all of that. And we're going to get first into the Week 13 review, of course. Then we got a standings update, the all-important power rankings. Kind of interesting this week. We're going to uh, break down all of the juicy playoff scenarios that you can be looking out for uh, before we get into the Week 14 preview. Aaron, I am I am ready for this show, dude. I'm ready to rock. Um, before we get started, though, it's actually happening as we speak. I want to get your opinion on it. It's happening in our group chat. There's discussions about it. Is Zach a tanking team, yes or no? You know, <clears throat> if you asked me this question a week ago, I would have told you yes. But he does seem like he's putting his best foot forward with some of the line of decisions that he's putting out there. Um, Tim has a good point with, you know, Dalvin Cook not getting traded, some of those other pieces that he could have gotten a lot of value for. You know, Zach countered and said, hey, didn't get enough of the value that he needed for the trade. So why do it? Um, I think it's somewhere in the middle, man. I think it's somewhere in the middle, if I'm being honest. What do you think? 
I think he's tanking because I would I would trust that a person who's not tanking would not have Michael Gallup, Hunter Renfro, and Jameson Crowder in their lineup. Hunter Renfro has been balling this year, low key. Right. I'll give you that. But uh, like Jameson Crowder and Michael Gallup, like come on, come on. A team that's not tanking would have better players than that, and he traded away better players than that. So um, I still think he's on the on the tanking side. I still believe him. He's just kind of riding a wave right now, man. He got to experience Javante's Inferno last week, which we'll get into, and I was unfortunately on the reciprocating side of that, but I think he's still tanking. Yeah, and I mean, he's got some incentive to lose this week because, you know, if he does win, he puts himself in contention to possibly make the playoffs, which affects his draft uh, for 2022. So, yeah, we're going to get into that. Uh, Drink of the week, drink of the week time, real quick. I am sponsored by basically three things, Miller Lite, Fairlife Milk, and... High noon, baby. High noons, baby. We got us a good one. We got us a black cherry. The last one in my refrigerator. It's kind of a high noon kind of day. You know what I'm saying? Hey, quick off the cuff. Mm-hmm. Rank rank the high noon flavors. Like the original flavors or like they, they have like eight now. Original ones. There's four, right? Yeah. So you got uh, grapefruit, black cherry. Um, uh, the lime. Lime's not original, actually. That comes in separate. Is it packaging. not? I'm talking about like the original Ooh. four package high noons. You got Ooh, grapefruit, okay. black cherry, pineapple, and watermelon. Those are the four. Okay, that's that's a good list. And if Let's I'm rank if I'm ranking them, ooh, man, grapefruit's really grown on me. I didn't like it at first. I feel like it smells weird. I can't explain it, <laughs> but I feel like <laughs> grapefruit high noon smells weird. If you know what I'm talking about, let me know. But I'd actually have to go grapefruit one. Pineapple two, black cherry three, watermelon fourth. Wow. The definitive wow. high noon ranking. You right on. I first. think I would go pineapple, then probably black cherry, grapefruit, then watermelon. We can agree watermelon is like the last one. Yeah, just not enough flavor. Yeah, it's good, but it's like, it's, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. Kind of tastes like water to me. What are you drinking, dog? Well, I actually have another one of your sponsors on deck. It is Miller Lite. Hot dog. Yep. Little tall boy action. Have to have it. Have to have it. We like those Miller Lights, baby. I ingested a lot of them on Wednesday night after my law school final. We were supposed to record yesterday, and I'm glad we didn't because it was one of those hangovers that was like a two-day hangover. Like, it was Ooh. it was bad. Hope my parents are You got after this. It. I did. You got after <laughs> it. Yeah. I did. I did. Mom, I wasn't drinking alcohol. It was um, holy water. Drunk off the spirit, baby. Oh, yeah, baby. Nice. Week 13, ladies and gentlemen. It has come. It has gone. I feel like we got back to normal scoring totals this week. I feel like we were pretty low the past few weeks. But like this one, everybody scored over 100 points. Some of us just barely. But uh, everybody scored over 100 points. You had... When I'm just looking right now, over half the league scored over 120. So it was a fun week of fantasy football. Lots of touchdowns were flowing. And we're just going to get straight into it, baby. With our first matchup, it was a big clash in the Cadoba division. And it was between a 7-5 and five Tim and the Mixed Administration taking on a 6-6 six and six stretch in Super Camario. And when you look at this game, one team needed the win way more than the other. Tim is basically already clinched at this point we'll get into that more later but he's basically already clinched 
if Stretch loses this game and falls to six and seven, we are in official panic mode. Like we don't know if he's going to get in. Um, and Stretch's team performed like it needed to get in and needed a win to stay in the playoff race. He wins this one, one hundred and thirty-three to one hundred. And I want to I want to start with Tim because he drastically underperformed. Like it wasn't like a, I had a bad week. Drastically underperformed. Lowest scorer of the week. Just eclipsed 100 whenever we just talked about a week where everybody's scoring 120, 130. So it wasn't a down week. He just gets that 100 point. And, like, don't get me wrong. Like, Jonathan Taylor, his new toy, is doing what he traded him for. Another, you know, what was it, 23-point performance. Um, But nobody else scored over 13. That includes Mm. Dak Prescott. And that's brutal. So I want to ask you, Aaron, Tim's not here, so you can speak your mind. Speak freely. You don't have to deal with his authoritative wrath anymore. Um, what's our panic level for Tim right now? 100 points this week, only 114 points last week. Um, how, If you're Tim, how should you be feeling right now? On a scale of 1 to 10, I'm, I'm probably like a 7 or an 8. I think that's high Honestly. enough for the panic alarm, dude. That's high enough. I, I think I'll settle on a seven. All right. Um, All right. I'm, I'm very fidgety heading into the playoffs. His team's heading in the wrong direction. I feel like, especially with the likes of a DK Metcalf, which most people in the industry would say, oh yeah, you know, top five dynasty wide receiver, just based off age, based off of just you know the intangibles that he provides, and he's not startable, man. Like he's not startable whatsoever. I mean, when's the last time you've seen DK Metcalf finish in the top, even 20 here is DK. They Seattle had the week nine by since week nine. So you got four weeks, DK Metcalf's totals five, seven, two, 11. Zoinks. I mean, sir, that, you are six, four and run like a four, three. What are you doing? Scoring that much, that point. And part of that's the Seattle offense, but my goodness. I mean, Tyler Lockett's still getting his, so I, I don't understand it. Um, so that's got to be nervous. You know, I'd be nervous on that front. Uh, Aaron Jones is not the player he is now because of A.J. Dillon and his emergence, so that's more of like a timeshare. Uh, Jonathan Taylor, you're really confident in him, but you trade away a lot of pieces to get him, and all of a sudden that depth is kind of coming back to bite him a little bit with DeAndre Swift out. Especially so, considering when you see, like, Chris Godwin put 30 up last week. Antonio Gibson put up, like, 23. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's brutal. So, I I think I'd be, like, a 7, too. I'm, I'm a little nervous if I'm him. I mean, you, you hope you're going to get eventually DeAndre Swift back. Darren Waller's going to come back into your lineup. Aaron Jones is strong RB2. Is that too much to ask? Like, maybe. I think that's fine. Mid, mid-range, honestly? Like, I, I don't even know if you could say he's strong. Yeah. I don't know. Let's just say Tim's lineup is maybe not as strong as we thought it was three weeks ago, two weeks ago. And you factor in, you know, the slowdown of Jamar Chase and uh, you've been leaning on Brandon Ayuk. So as a championship roster, you might want to do a little better than that. Uh, Let's head on stretch really quick. He had a very stretchy performance. Again, he put up 133 points, but almost half of that point total coming from two players. Kyler Murray, his ankle looks fine, everybody. Don't worry. He was running around like he didn't miss a beat. 32 yep. points against a solid Chicago Bears defense. So I think he's fine. 
And then Josh Jacobs, Kenyon Drake going down. We're thinking that workload's going to be increasing. It's already steady as it is. So a nice 24-point performance from him. Um, and then Van Jefferson. You know, we, we, we all wondered Odell, Van, with Robert Woods going out, what's that going to look like? Uh, eight targets, six catches, a touchdown. Um, you're going to take that for a championship roster. So, um, again, a kind of a stretchy performance. He goes to seven and six. And, Aaron, I'm going to be honest with you. I really don't want Stretch to make the playoffs, man. I I really don't. Um, because he's going to have a core, and I'll get into it later, like, about injuries, but he's going to have a core of Kyler Murray, Josh Jacobs without Kenyon Drake, um, Debo, he was out this week, people forgetting about him, still sleeping on him, uh, Mike Evans, that's Camara. Yeah, Kamara, I didn't even say him. Yeah, that's a, um, that is a core that can win a championship. I don't care if you're starting freaking um, T.Y. Hilton and all the other spots. That is a core that can win a championship. That can win a week. So um, he's getting healthy at the right time. If stuff falls his way, he should make the playoffs. We'll see. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm a little nervous to stretch his team. And I don't like the guy. So that's, that's, that's meaning a lot for me. But, uh, yeah, again, uh, stretch comes out on top, 133 to 100. Tim, now on a two-game losing streak, just one game above 500, while uh, Stretch goes to one game above 500 and gets off the schneid. Any thoughts on this one before we move on? No, I think good analysis on the <clears throat> Stretch side of things. He carried Kamara and Kyler Murray to a championship last year, and so if you add Debo into the mix as well as a consistent Josh Jacobs, that's that's scary and, and formidable. So it'll be interesting to see uh, where we go from here with that. Oh, brother, here we go. On to the next matchup. Not looking forward to this one. Of course, it was your boy, Team Fairlife, coming into this one at 9-3, and three, seemingly hoping to lock up that first round bye against a hot Zach and cooking up more squad coming into this one at 5-7. and seven. Oh, baby, was this an entertaining matchup. And not only just the matchup itself, but also just the banter back and forth in the group chat leading up to the week. It was nice to see that, uh, you know, Zach is my arch nemesis, but I feel like the subset rivalry would be Chris and Zach. So, think so? Uh, huh. yeah, I would say, I would say so. I think so. Um, as far as for Zach, I mean, first look no further than his RBs. They came to play uh, Javante Williams, we were joking about it leading up to the week. Zach was like, watch out for it. It's coming inbound. And he did. Almost put up 30 points. Oh, God. And then Alexander Madison with a very respectable 20-plus. You know, Dalvin Cook's out for a week. That's probably the top handcuff in the league to have once a running back goes down. So, right timing for Zach to be able to plug both those guys in to get nearly 50 points from both of them. Then you add that in combination with Stafford putting up a 30, Gallup with a 14, Lockett with 19, Renfro with 19, and then a 16 from the Colts go Colts. Colt go Colts. The defense showing up, baby. Top scoring defense, I believe, on the week. So you put all of those pieces together, and you get a very healthy point total for Zach of uh, 160. <laughs> I mean, just blowing the top off. Highest on the of week. His competition. Yeah. 
And really, Rondale Moore, when you look up it on the lineup, was the only true dud for Zach, had about two points. Everybody produced for him. And the guys that exploded, you know, were guys you didn't even really anticipate exploding like that, especially Javante Williams. For Chris, Zeke, where you at, bro? Are you the RB2 in Dallas going forward? And I say that with the news that um, who's Tony gosh, Pollard blanking. Yep, Tony Pollard. He uh, had the plantar fascia injury on the touchdown run last week. So you sound really his, smart uh, when you say that. Yeah, yeah plantar yeah. flat flatulence, flashia, Flat, flatulence. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, <laughs> a little bit of methane in the air, eh? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so we'll see how that you know, plays out, but there's been a lot of reports about them riding Zeke, you know, softly into the playoffs, trying to conserve him and make sure that his knees are good. Um, Montgomery, very solid, 28 points. It was nice to see actually, because it was the first week, I think in a while that you had a blow up game for Montgomery, uh, especially in that offense. He is the offense for the most part. It runs through him. So that was good to see Pittman and Hawk. Both were also pretty solid as well in their own right. I think the story for Chris, though, is when you have a team that goes off for 160, you got to have your typical guys go off. And he didn't have enough pop. Uh, Josh Allen held in check this week against a tough Patriots defense. And uh, was he held in check by the Patriots defense or the 70 mile an hour wins? That's a fair question. That's a fair question. Did you see the first kickoff on that game that like sailed into the 13th row? (laughs) <laughs> yeah the ballers uh in one of their episodes right after the week was over they were talking about how uh it was prime opportunity to set an nfl record for a kick uh yeah man just get the wind to your back kick a 75 but, yarder <laughs> yeah crazy um but yeah no fair point i think the weather really uh you know messed with both teams obviously the patriots didn't even pass the ball so that was incredible dude yeah three pass attempts the whole game and like one a- of them i think was on accident so yeah yeah wild um and then you know saquon modest 13 that again that doesn't kill you most weeks but when you have limited guys that are popping you feel like saquon should get you more uh plan for the buy this coming week against steven chris you need everyone to show up but uh we'll probably get into (laughs) it later it seems like the world is is falling apart for you my man um I'm, I have some sympathy for you, but some of the league, I don't think is reciprocating those feelings. Uh, but, and nonetheless, the final on this one, Chris 132 to Zach 161. Yeah. I said it last week that, um, everything really lined up for Zach this week. Obviously you get the Javante breakout game that everybody saw coming. Literally everybody saw it coming. Like he's going to, He's going to carry this Broncos offense. Alexander Madison with the revenge game against me. Remember, I traded him away for a second-round pick. <laughs> so with the with the revenge game there, um, other than that, Hunter Renfro's looking solid. Glad Devontae Parker did something for me, um, and Keenan Allen decided to catch touchdowns this week, so that was nice. Uh, I, I think if the I think if the Bills-Patriots game wasn't played in 70-mile-an-hour wins, um, this game would look a lot closer. I could see it being maybe like 152 to 60, you know, adding a, maybe like a 20 more to Josh Allen. But a loss is a loss at the end of the day, and um, that now sets up a very important game for me next week 
that we will get into sooner rather than later. But we have another game to go through on week 13. And yes, I am talking about Don and Team Don Perignon coming into this one at five and seven, taking on Anthony at seven and five. Um, and honestly, I'll just get to it. Don pulls the upset in a close one. I, this one, this was kind of slept on. Like I don't think I realized Don won until like Monday afternoon, whenever whenever Anthony dropped the Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen combined for thirty six points, and I still lost. While Justin Jefferson had thirty five points, <laughs> but that was pretty. Matt funny. still checks out. That was what Anthony <laughs> I, said. That that was pretty funny. But um, yeah, I. People just kind of slept on this one. I did not realize that Dawn took down, quite frankly, another Titan, in my opinion, and Anthony. But unfortunately for Dawn, I think it's just going to be one week too late. Like, imagine if you would have won last week, or if you would have set his lineup that one time and beat Stretch. Is that who he played? What? Who Who got away with the lineup? Remember that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, like, if he does any of that, all of a sudden he's seven and six, and, like, He's right in the thick of things for the playoff spot. So um, while you're still technically in the calculation for the playoff hunt, it's going to take a true miracle for you to qualify. Uh, But my biggest takeaway for Don here is like, listen, I know Jonathan Taylor is like ripping souls right now. But I think I think Don still won the trade. I know in the trade ring, we said Don won the trade. But like you just look at Antonio Gibson, 22, Chris Godwin, 30. Before he had those guys, he did not have those guys that gives you that floor, that consistency. You know, he had a bunch of Elijah Mitchells that will score 25 or get injured on the first play and score two. So these two guys, they're young. They give him so much good consistency. That's going to make him competitive every week. Don used to be a bye week, kind of similar to Clayton and Hayden. No offense. He used to be a bye week. And now, like... I, I'm kind of wary playing Don. He's no longer like a step over, and I think that trade really, really benefit him. But you, he didn't start Damian Harris this week, and I know it didn't matter. He still won, but also with Don, you got to take the good with the bad. I think I'm starting Damian Harrison against uh, Damian Harrison, Damian Harris against a Bills defense that just got slaughtered. He's been getting slaughtered recently on the ground. I'm starting him over Brandon Cooks. I'm starting him over Odell Beckham Jr. So. Of course, with, with Don, it's seemingly the only guy we talk about with questionable lineup decisions. But at the end of the day, he still gets it done. Um, and for Anthony, though. Oh, and one more thing about Don. Uh, Elijah, Mil- Elijah Mitchell is looking fantastic. And I've learned a lesson from this. Like, the first two weeks of the season go so hard for people. Go so hard. Because that's when all the good pickups are. The Cordell Pattersons. The Elijah Mitchells. Like, this time of the year, like week eight on, like you're picking up Ricky Seals Jones and um And you're starting Ricky Seals Jones. Shut up. <laughs> and you're uh and like other people that are kind of crappy. Like I've learned a lesson this year. It's like just go hard for those guys at the beginning of the year because you just don't know. There's so much uncertainty. So shout out to Don for dropping a good fifty on Elijah Mitchell, and that's looking like a steal at this point. So for Anthony, um again, I mentioned the uh Jer- Justin Jefferson Thielen points combo. That was funny. They can't even get it done for you, man. Um, but in reality, I, I think if you're Anthony, you can just kind of scrap this one away. Get ready for the playoffs. You've basically clinched. Um, you have like 200 points more score than somebody that could get it over you. And you're going to you're gonna expect more from Cordell Patterson, who only got 12. 
from Travis Kelsey, who only got five, from Jamal Williams, who had the backfield to himself, he only got eight. So you're going to expect more from those guys going forward. I'm not super panicked about him, but check out this analysis. Sometimes we do good analysis on this show. And I went back because I felt like anytime Daryl Henderson, Darnell Anderson, whatever you want to call him, is out, Anthony seems to struggle. Like, I, I don't know what it is. Like, he really seems to rely on Darnell Anderson going forward. So I went back and looked. Anderson, Henderson, <laughs> I can't believe we call him Anderson so regularly. Darnell Anderson. Darnell baby. Anderson. Um, he's missed three games this year. Week three, week 11, he was on bye. And then this last week, week 13. Anthony, week three, lost to Hayden. Anthony, week 11, lost to you, Aaron. Granted, you had the largest single-game point total in this league history. But still, no no Darnell Anderson, he loses. And then this last week, no Anderson, he loses to Don. So based on an average weekly point total, Daryl Henderson's a, an RB1. So we already know how fragile Anthony's running back core is. So I think he is leaning on him more than he knows. Like, literally every time he's been out, you've lost. So that's a little tidbit of analysis for you. I was really I was really proud of that one. Um, but, yeah, that's, that's, that's the T with Daryl Henderson and, and, and Anthony. I think he is very, very essential to his team going forward. Um, and he loses 122 to 124 against Don this week. Again, this doesn't really have a lot of repercussions. This technically keeps Don in the playoff hunt, technically. Um, and Anthony was basically playing for seeding at this point. He's still in, but maybe he can try to get a good point total next week and fight for better seeding. Anthony needs Lamar Jackson to wake up a little more. Yes, you do. I think that's that's going to be key for him. And yeah, for Don, I think you hit it, you know, the nail on the head for him. It's mostly himself he's battling with lineup decisions. He's got pretty good pieces, just needs to get the right combinations out there. Yeah. And we are going to go on to the next game. And ladies and gentlemen, it was one you were all paying so close attention to. Aaron set it up last week. It was the Toilet Bowl, the 2021 Toilet Bowl. And yes, I am talking about a 3-9 and nine Clayton in the Red Rocket. Oh, this is this is going on a really long time. This Holy is cow. Continuing. All right. <laughs> that was a really big dookie. Um, the three and nine Clayton and the Red Rocket was taking on the eight game losing streak coming in uh, two and ten Hayden and Country Roads take Mahomes. Bowl indeed. And I am very happy to report that both of these teams eclipsed 100 points. Let's go, baby. Woo! That's what I'm talking about. Let's boys. go, boys. That's going to keep you competitive. That's baby. right. Now, they didn't get over 100 by much, okay, but they were over by 100. That's fine. <laughs> so, taking a look at this, when you look at Clayton's side, you start with Devontae Freeman, baby, a 20-piece. Stud. And it's just such a classic <laughs> Dog. Devontae Freeman stat line. I think he had like 15-some carries for 40 yards and a touchdown and then had like three catches for, you know, 30 yards or something. Dog. Yeah, absolute dog. Elijah Moore with a 20. Dog. And Gronk with 21. So had dog. some good point totals from, you know, some wily veterans. And then hey, the don't young forget about stud. Cole Beasley. Wide receiver. What did Cole Beasley have? Two. Oh, <laughs> two points. Dog. <laughs> absolute dog. 
I know what video you're referencing. That <laughs> yep. Just go through uh, these guys' lineups and just, you know. Boston Scott, he didn't really get any carries, but he's a dog. <laughs> <laughs> Portland Sutton had six targets for two catches and 15 yards. Six targets, that's pretty good. Dog. <laughs> dog. And uh, I'm just saying, man, this trade that Clayton did with you, Chris, is looking real nice. I know, dude. Really nice. <laughs> Uh, I know we said at the time it was a fair trade for both of you guys, but damn, Elijah Moore is looking hot. He is. Yeah. Uh, so props to you, Clayton, for pulling the trigger on that one. Um, for Hayden, man, the story all season, I think you just look no further than Pat Mahomes, right? He's just not living up to the number one overall pick billing, hurting Hayden every week. And I want, I got to wonder if Hayden is going back to two years ago and wondering, you know, if I would have picked somebody different, how, how could it have been? Um, I know Christian McCaffrey has had some injuries and things going on to where, you know, it, he just the injury bug has, has caught him. But I feel like, you know, if you were at this point, you had him, you could have traded and gotten a lot of value. Like Pat Mahomes, a quarterback and in our league, it's, it's valuable to have a quarterback, but, you know, nobody's going to give up a lot for Pat Mahomes at this point. So it's just sad to see that he's not his normal self from a fancy perspective. So hopefully he can turn it around in future years. James Conner and Waddle, though, very solid. Combined 30-plus. But still, for Hayden, they're just – they're complementary pieces at this point. I mean, Jalen Waddle, for sure, in the future, I think is a dog. Dog. Like already been saying – uh, he is looking really talented. And I feel like the whole 2021 wide receiver class is really coming out uh, in full force. So he's got some pieces, definitely a wide receiver. Cup, you know, still doing his thing, casual 27. Um, but just he's too many holes. Dude. I know, he's so consistent. But too many holes to keep up for Hayden. Uh, Boston Scott with a literal zero. <laughs> LOL. Dog. <laughs> You know what's fun? You know what's funny is like Hayden can't get the Eagles backfield pinned down. <laughs> Actually, I didn't realize that. Yeah, he does have Kenneth Gainwell too. <laughs> this is the second time he's he's like just put a zero spot down. Yeah, because he played Kenneth Gainwell the week after Miles Sanders went down, and Gainwell had like twenty carries, two tutties. He put Gainwell in the next week, zero. <laughs> zero. Boston Scott had a great week. That's hilarious. Zero. Just having some bad luck there um and you know do you look at tim patrick Cortland sutton i think they're going to get another quarterback next year so i think hayden in the wide receiver department is going to be fine he just needs to find some running backs and, and find them pretty quickly um clayton did enough in this one though gotta give him credit despite christian mccaffrey being out he keeps hayden's nine game losing streak alive oh. i can't I can't believe it. I actually can't. I've never seen this before in any fantasy league. It's just like you can't just stumble into a win. That is pretty. Like, Especially I just don't. With, you have Cooper Cup. You literally have Cooper Cup, and you haven't won in nine games. And he was losing with Deontay Johnson as well at, at points. So I don't it to his it. defense. To his defense, he does have the highest points against in the league. We'll give it to him. Okay, but give you that. Still, nine games. Jiminy <laughs> Christmas. So, yeah, Clayton wins 117 to 105. You got anything else, Chris? I do not. You covered it pretty well. Um, 
despite both of them scoring over 100 points, they still had the lowest total points combined on the week. So, you know, <laughs> you take what take you, it for what take what you can get at this point, baby. All right, uh, toilet bowl is over. We have one match up remaining, and you know what that means. Ladies and gentlemen, your game of the week was between the top of the Chipotle division. Aaron Hunt coming in at 9-3, taking on maybe the hottest team in the league. Oh, we'll see. That's where I'm talking about Steven. And Mount Passport was coming into this one at 7-5. and five. And this game had fireworks, baby, for Aaron. Kirk Cousins continues to be the best average quarterback this NFL has ever seen with a nice 23-point performance. Deontay Johnson is seemingly taking his surprisingly low trade capital. What was it, like a first and a second form? A surprisingly low trade capital personally. He's taking that personally with a 30-point bomb this week. And T. Higgins, the past few weeks, has been saying, Jamar who? Jamar who? Man, look at me. I'm on my six-foot-four ass with four targets and a 28 point bomb hot dog and don't get me wrong what Aaron I'm dying I'm dying <laughs> well you're not you're not keeping you're not keeping me down while Aaron <laughs> was impressive bing bong he couldn't stand up to the damn Nazi blitzkrieg that Steven laid down this week. My God, the Tampa Twins, Brady, and regular season Lenny put up a combined 58 points. Good God. And But that was nothing compared to the 39-point nuclear bomb from George Kittle himself against the Seahawks. And quite frank, nothing else really mattered after that. Steven, write it down. Put it in the Bible. Put it on the Ten Commandments. Steven is the hottest team in the league right now. Bow down to Mount Passmore. Steven takes down another Titan with a final score of 148 to 131. Well, I'm glad to see you didn't actually die, but... (laughs) (laughs) I do it for the people, bro. I do it for the people. Yeah, man, it was wild. Uh, feel like it had all of the uh, storylines that you would expect from a game of the week. Uh, man, George Kittle going off for that 39, that was, that yeah. was depressing. Yeah. And, and I think that was mostly the difference because I got a solid two points out of my tight end. So Dallas, I can't get the, looking awfully good down there. Oh, I, I can't, I can't get the tight end position. Right, man. I I'll sometimes trust Kyle Pitts and then Zach Ertz gets a 28. I'll go, okay, maybe Zach Ertz is the answer. Put him in, and then Goddard goes off for 28. So it's kind of like Hayden with the Eagles running backs. It's me with the tight end position. I just I just can't pick the right one. So hopefully I can get that figured out for the playoffs. Uh, man, I did not have a lot of confidence going into this game. I, I really thought, yeah, that Steven was going to win. Steven scares me this time of year. He always does. He did last year. He's doing it this year too. Just has those guys that can just go off like out of nowhere. And uh, he's going to be a really tough out in the playoffs. Uh, and especially if he gets a first round by, damn, watch out for Mount Passmore. He's not getting a first round by. I think you can, I think you can be 
You could take Solace. 131 is solid. I feel like that's going to win you the week 55% of the time, 60% of the time. And that's with a three-point dud from Mark Ingram. You're running, you're running back two in that position is always going to do better than that. Four points from Tyreek Hill. Even even 15 from Najee is kind of kind of low for his standards, quite frankly. So um, I think you can take some Solace. I think you'll be fine. As for Steven, um, playoff Lenny, dude. Regular season Lenny. Um, you want to take a guess on what his current running back rank is on the season? He is, I'm going to go RB three. That's what I would have guessed too. He's RB five. If you would have told Steven Leonard Fournette's going to be running back five <laughs> at this point of the year, he would have bit your arm off. And especially considering James Robinson hasn't been himself. So, uh, just a really, another solid performance from, from Steven. He's going to welcome back, um, Nick Chubb next week. Um, that was really kind of the only big piece he was missing. I mean, obviously he has Michael Thomas and AJ Brown on IR, but um, yeah, he'll be happy with that, man. Uh, Tom Brady and Leonard Fournette could lead him to great things. So again, Steven wins the game of the week, 148 to 131. He goes to eight and five, two game winning streak and knocks Aaron down to nine and four. Aaron already basically had the first round by clinched, um, especially with Anthony losing. Um, but he definitely has a clinch now, and he will now just be looking to play for seeding. Let's get into these standings real quick. We're going to break down all the playoff scenarios later. But as the standings currently stand, Aaron, sky is blue, grass is green. He stays on top of the Chipotle division at 9-4. and four. Anthony, maybe the best 7-6 and six team I've ever seen. 7-6 and six doesn't sound that great, but we all know how good Anthony's team is. He has one of the higher points against in the league. So he's down there at second at 7-6. and six. Followed by Don at six and seven and third, uh, Clayton in fourth at four and nine, and a nice nine-game losing streak for Hayden has him rounding out the Chipotle division at two and eleven. While you look at the Cadoba division, we continue to beat the hell out of each other. Your boy Team Fairlife stays on top with a solid nine and four record. Steven, man, he is on the come up. Two-game winning streak. He stands at eight and five. Again, that is a big match we will get into next week. Tim. Oof, two-game losing streak, man. Down in third in the Cadoba division at 7-6. and six, Tied with Stretch, record-wise, at 7-6. and six, Only on top of him by a small, marginal 17 points four is what separates Tim and Stretch right now. And then, <laughs> tanking? Question mark? Zach, at fifth place, running out the Cadoba division. He's hot on a three-game winning streak. That is your week 13, Aaron pretty good week pretty solid week i liked it yeah even though i lost like you mentioned it was cool to see uh the point totals back up it always is a a lot better whenever people are scoring correct amundo it's good for everybody involved let's get into some powder rankings Tim is out this week so i have the pleasure of running down the power rankings very quickly Aaron will react. He does not know the power rankings. And quite frankly, we can just burn through these. A couple big movements, and there's one kind of thing I want to highlight towards the end. At 10th place, where somebody on a nine-game losing streak should be. Country Roads, Take Mahomes, stays at the bottom of the power rankings at 10th. Number nine, the Red Rocket coming up after a big toilet bowl victory, stays at number nine. Number eight, down one. 
despite winning last week. Team Don Perignon coming in at eighth place, but it's understandable why he falls one because rising one, Mr. Two-Game winning streak himself. Is he tanking? We don't know. Zach cooking up more in seventh place. Sixth place, he stays put. Super Camario, a uh, big win last week, keeps him in keeps him in contention. He stays at six. Number five, falling one. Tim and the Mixon administration. Lowest point total of the week. Loses to stretch. There is a minute chance he misses the playoffs. We'll get into that. But he falls to five. Down one from last week. So that means moving up one from last week is team uninspired youth despite losing. And I think that's justified. He put up a higher point total. Um, so he moves up one to number four. At number three, down one. Lost a heartbreaker. Team Fairlife, your boy, at number three. At number two, rising one spot. Totally deserved, in my opinion. You have Mount Passmore and Steven at number two. And staying at number one. Despite the L against said Steven at number two, we have Let Russ Cook and Aaron stays at number one. How are we feeling about that, Aaron? I think it's pretty accurate. Um, I thought momentarily about putting Steven ahead of me, but I think in a head-to-head matchup when we have all of our pieces at our disposal, I think I still will come out on top. But we both have the ability to put up high point totals. Because another thing I was thinking through too with our matchup is I was without Devontae Adams. So that probably probably would help me with that (laughs) gap in, in points that I was missing. Um, but yeah, I think they're pretty accurate. I think, uh, the big shock, right. If you would have said two weeks ago or even three weeks ago that Tim was going to be fifth in the power rankings, we, we would have been like, you're high, like there's no way, but man, just what's on paper and what's actually happening is not matching up. Yeah, you're absolutely right. That was one change. So you and Tim had identical power rankings, (laughs) Uh, so I differed from you guys in two ways. I had Steven at one. I thought the head-to-head, he's maybe the hottest team in the league right now. I know Zach's won three, but, you know, that comes with some conditions. I think Steven is doing great. He beat you head-to-head, so I put him at number one. I did. And then I actually flipped. I have Zach above stretch. So I have Zach in sixth, stretch in seventh. You guys have stretch in sixth, Zach in seventh. I think you have to look no – no further than the three-game win streak. I didn't calculate this, but I wouldn't be surprised if Zach is the highest point scorer the last three weeks. He's been balling. He's been putting up big point totals. I think he deserves that number three or that number uh, six spot, especially if the Broncos come to their senses and give Javante Williams the role that he deserves. So there are your power rankings for this week. Pretty solid. Pretty, pretty, pretty standard. Um, let's get into some week 14. We're going to go into some playoff scenarios. Uh, the last week of the regular season, man. This is nuts. Let's do it. Nice. Playoff scenarios. All right. So you're looking at the thing right now. We know. Here are your givens. I'm pulling out my law school terms here. Like I'm writing an essay. Here are your givens. Clayton, out of the playoffs. Hayden, out of the playoffs. I'm going to go ahead and say Don is out of the playoffs. He would need to win and have 
one of Stretch or Steven lose and then somehow make up a 200 point point total. I don't think that's going to happen. So I'm going to go ahead and say Don is out. Those are your three that are out. Everybody realistically, mathematically, the other seven are still alive for the six playoff spots. We're going to start at the top here. Aaron, your game matters this week because you're playing for seeding. Tell the folks why your game matters. You're already in. You're going to be one of the top two seeds. You already have a bye. So why does your game matter? So my game will matter because if I were to win and Chris were also to win, we would both be at the same record of 10 and four, and then we would come down to points four, which in that case, I would lock up the number one seed. My points four is almost 130 points higher I, or uh, yeah, you're right. 150, maybe close to 150 um, points higher than Chris. So that will kind of cancel itself out. If I were to lose and Steven were to win, however, then things might get a little interesting, um, especially if Steven puts up a huge point total. I'm still above him by like 90 or so points. Um, so it likely will mean that I'm pretty much locked into the number one seed. But Steven's team has the ability to go off for a 180, even a 190. And if I have a rough week and I've got plenty of guys in my lineup that are questionable right now, we could possibly see some shakeup there. Um, but I would say probably 85, 90% chance I'm going to be the number one seed. And then from there, it's Chris and Stret or uh, Steven. You guys are battling it out for that number two. And then whoever loses that goes to number three. Correct. Yeah. So really the only thing for you, I think, is if I win, you lose. Basically, I, I will get the number one overall seed. So we'll see if that happens. Um, obviously, the next big one, me and Steven face off this week. We'll get into more details later. But we will be playing for a first round buy. It's as simple as that. His points for are currently higher than me, and the way math works, let me know. But if you beat me, you will score more points than me. So there will be no way I can make up that gap. So <laughs> uh, if Steven wins, he gets the first round by. If I win, I get the first round by. Jesus, I need that first round by with my team. Um, but we, we, we will see. We will see. So that game certainly matters. Here's where it gets juicy. Here's where the juice happens. The Zach and Stretch matchup that, again, we will get into later is the matchup to watch. Because obviously, so you have Stretch at 7 and 6, Zach at 6 and 7. If Stretch wins, he's in the playoffs. Super easy, right? Super easy. If Zach wins, shit gets insane. <laughs> and here's what I mean. So if Zach wins, he'll be at 7 and 7. Stretch will be at 7 and 7. Only one of them can get in if Tim wins. And uh, if Zach wins and outscores Stretch by 18 points, Zach is in the playoffs. It's that simple. I could see that happening with the way these two teams are playing. So that is how Zach gets in. It is more realistic than you think. Now here is just the, the oh shit, I almost knocked down my lamp. The nuclear option. Here is, here's what happens if it just goes insane. Tim just has to beat Hayden, and he's in. Maybe the easiest task of the week. Nine-game losing streak for Hayden. All Tim has to do is win. That's it. But if Tim decides to put up another 100-point dud, 
110, something like that. And Zach beats Stretch. So again, if Stretch beats Zach, Tim and Stretch are in. So that's certainly what Tim is rooting for. But if Tim loses to Hayden, Zach beats Stretch. I was We were talking earlier. I think the gap between Zach and Tim for points four, it's about 40, 40 give or take. If Tim puts up another 100-point performance and Zach and Steven's game ends, you know, 165 to 140, which, again, the way these teams are trending right now, that's not out of the question. There is a minute mathematical possibility that Tim misses the playoffs, which is just nuts to me. Insane. I don't don't think it happens. But there is a likelihood. Even, you know, even if Stretch puts up a higher point total, you know, because if if Tim loses and Zach beats Stretch, Tim still has a point advantage over Stretch currently. But again, if that game is turns into a blowout, Stretch can still get over Tim on points four. So it's it's nuts, man. I, I think at the end of the day, my prediction is I, I do think Zach beats Stretch. And gets into the playoffs, dude. I really do. Um, I can see that happening. I can see him beating him by more than 20 points, uh, which is all he needs. And he gets into the playoffs. And I think Tim takes care of business against Hayden. And that is your playoffs. I I think Stretch misses out. What's your prediction? Man, Stretch just, I feel like, has a way of showing up when he needs to. And uh, if I I think the difference is if a healthy Camara is on the field, Stretch wins. I can see that. Yep. I think he'd be the difference. I can see that. That is your playoff scenario. So really for the neutrals, watch that stretch Zach matchup. If that starts turning into a shootout and Tim somehow slips up against Hayden, that's when shit gets real. So be on the lookout for that. Let's get into our week 14 preview. We welcome back our beloved Panthers our Browns, our Packers, our Titans. And for the final time, we say bye-bye to our beloved Colts. Colt, go Colts. Rest up, get healthy. The Dolphins, the Patriots, and the Eagles. So let's get into this, man. We're going to start with the two that don't really mean matter all that much. We have the first one that literally does not matter at all. I guess Anthony could still technically be playing for seeding, but we're just going to knock this one out first. We have Clayton and the Red Rocket. Coming in at uh, four and nine, taking on Anthony at seven and six. That we do. And since we're doing this a little uh, later than we usually do in the week, we already got some results from the Thursday night game. Oh, yes. Good. We had good chat up. Justin Jefferson. He had a 20 point performance against Pittsburgh on Thursday night, which gives Anthony now an 83% chance of victory, according to Sleeper. And then when you look at the rest of this matchup here, I just think there's just too much for Clayton to overcome. Uh, There's already been reports today about Kenny Galladay will likely miss uh, the the game. And, I mean, he's not really done anything all season anyway. Elijah Moore is questionable. Cole Beasley has a tough matchup against Tampa Bay. Elijah Moore has not practiced all week. Just saying. Yeah. Elijah Moore is – yeah, he's not looking – Promising to play. You get Chase Edmonds back, but how much of a role will he be? 
not sure. Devontae Freeman, you never know. And yeah, I just think looking up and down the lineup for Clayton, I don't see a lot of points getting generated once again. Um, for Anthony, I think his guys are going to show up. They'll get the floor at least. Uh, they'll hit their floors. CeeDee Lamb against Washington's a nice matchup. Kelsey against Las Vegas, which, by the way, the last time the Chiefs played Las Vegas, they put up 41 points, and Pat Mahomes had five touchdowns. Whew. It's important to note. Uh, Javon, uh, Jamal Williams, COVID right now, so might need to pivot from him to another option with Gaskin on by, but even still, I just don't think it's really going to matter. There's too much firepower for Anthony and team uninspired youth. I think he's going to win fairly easily. I don't know if you have much to add there, Chris. Nope. I'm taking Anthony. Uh, rest in peace, Christian McCaffrey. So <laughs> I'm taking Anthony there. Ah, oh, crap. We had the pickums pulled up. Tim did his pickums. And Tim is also taking Anthony. So a clean sweep for Anthony there. We will move on to the next matchup. That doesn't mean a whole lot, but, you know, you never know. Um, we have Aaron and Let Russ Cook coming in at 9-4, and four, taking on Don and Team Don Perignon at 6-7, and seven, coming off the surprising win last week. As it currently stands, Aaron has a 95% chance of victory. And when I wrote this, I said 89%, but I just saw that Elijah Mitchell has officially been ruled out. And that spells panic for Don because all of his other running backs are either on by or Tony Pollard, who is likely going to miss with that thing you said earlier. What was it? Uh, a torn plantar fascia. Yeah, the torn plantar flatulence. Um, so <laughs> uh, Don is going to have to go to the waiver wire to find a running back. So I will just go ahead and do this. Go get you a running back, big dog. Um, and, of course, Aaron is also inflated by the already 25-point explosion from Najee and a solid 15-point from Deontay Johnson. Don already said it in the group chat. He flat out has to have every single person on his roster have the game of their career for him to even have a chance to make the playoffs. So, um, you know, and maybe unlike my lineup, I'd say every player on his lineup has the potential to put up 40 in his defense. I think he has a very explosive team. I mean, unfortunately he already missed out on a solid 17 points from KJ Osborne last night. And, you know, not only are we going to need that running back, but how about a defense as well? That would be great. Um, as for Aaron, uh, again, you're not really playing for much this week. You're probably going to win. So like, what do you, what do you want in this week? I, th I think a solid Russell Wilson performance would probably make you feel pretty good. Eh? maybe, maybe you take this week to figure out your tight end spot, uh, you know, you're going to have some flex questions with Kareem Hunt and uh, T. Higgins. And I think you can kind of maybe find out a lot of stuff this week. Yeah, especially Russell Wilson. I mean, if he's not himself against the Houston Texans, which are absolute butt in every way, shape and form, uh, I'm a little nervous with my QB position. I mean, Kirk Cousins has been doing me a solid most of the year, just getting that, you know, 20 to 25 a game. But Russ, really, I think he's got the ability against these type of opponents to get a 30. So I'm hoping for a 30 or more. I really would like to see that. Uh, and then, yeah, with the flex spots, kind of trying to feel it out, see who I could put in there reliably. I feel like Higgins has been that main guy the last couple of weeks, but I feel like he's done this before, and then all of a sudden you'll see a three-point performance from him. So 
that'll be interesting. The biggest thing I need to get figured out is who can I play at tight end? I just hope maybe a stroke of luck that the Falcons will finally just force feed Kyle Pitts, even when he's double teamed or triple teamed, which is what all the defenses are doing to him right now, which is really frustrating. And they need to get him in line more. He's lining up too much as a receiver in my opinion. So we'll see if some of those things get ironed out, but I actually have, I think two weeks to get it figured out because I got, Basically, this week with Don and then a bye. So, we'll see. You know somebody who I forgot existed that still is on Don's roster? Who's that? Tariq Cohen. Wow. When's the last yes. time you heard that name? That's any. I think he's – is he healthy now? No, no. He's had like oh, two still setbacks on his ACL or something like that. He's – Oh, man. Not good for wow. him. But, uh, yeah, I saw him today when I was looking at it. I was like, huh, that guy. Forgot about him. Yeah. Wow. A little munchkin running around out there. Quick quick recovery. Um, so are you taking you, I'm assuming? I am taking me, yes. All right. I'm taking Aaron. Aaron? I'm taking Aaron. Tim is also taking Aaron. So that is a clean sweep right there. We will move into our next matchup, which I think all the common folk are rooting for one guy in this game just because we want to watch the world burn. And, of course, I'm talking about... Tim and the Mixon administration coming in at seven and six, two game losing streak, taking on the only guy in the league with a longer losing streak than him, and Hayden with a nine game losing streak coming in at two and eleven. Come on, Hayden! Let's go, Hayden! Right into the offseason. Let's go, dude. Be the ultimate spoiler. Play. Yes. Let's go, man. This be huge implications if you could pull it off. Uh, so at the time of my writing, Tim had a 69, very nice, chance percent of victory oh, nice. according uh-huh. to Sleeper. Uh, since then, though, there's been a game that's been played where Tyler Conklin went off for four points and Pat Farmuth, the muted Luth, went uh, for 11 points and – Chase Claypool with a 17 and a half, adding up to 32 points. So now Tim has a slightly higher chance of victory at 74%. Two-game losing streak for Tim. And does he need a win now more than ever? Mm -hmm. Uh, Heck of a cross-divisional opponent to play twice. I mean, you couldn't ask for anybody better, maybe other than Clayton, to play twice. You get him. It's the perfect time to right the ship if you're Tim. Win and you're in for better seating. He loses. It can be really interesting, but most likely still in, as we've already talked about. One of my burning questions, and I got a few of them, but one of my burning questions for Tim Ooh, I is love off, questions. off the buy, the Packers, will they give Aaron Jones a volume increase? He's not been seeing the volume that he had earlier in the season. Granted, A.J. Dillon wasn't who he is now, you know, baby Yeti, basically. So we'll see how that plays out. Sunday night football, big stage, could be maybe an Aaron Jones game, especially if Devontae Adams can't go. He's got a hamstring injury that popped up in the bye week. I'm pissed about it. Don't don't talk, don't text. Uh, (laughs) But – I think they we'll do. See. I think they give him the full workload because I could see it being like a Zeke Tony Pollard situation where like you're paying mm-hmm. Zeke so much money, it's like we gotta give Zeke the ball, even though Tony Pollard's freaking balling on like every metric better than Zeke. 
But I could see Aaron Jones, they're paying him. They got to give him the ball. I could see it too. I really could. Um, but I've been proven wrong before and, and crazy things have happened. The next question, um, Metcalf, DK Metcalf. He Big gets Houston this week. That is a matchup on a silver platter. I don't know if you can get a better matchup other than maybe what the Jets, the Lions, but the Lions have even been playing better. So the question is, can he have a game we know he's capable of? Can he even, can he eclipse 20? Can he eclipse 15? Yeah, I think Tim would be I mean, happy with 15 right now. <laughs> I mean, just show signs of life, DK Metcalf. Do something, man. We got to poke the bear alive a little bit here. Uh, and then the final question I've got, Waller and Jamar Chase have fallen off slash injured in both of those cases. Can they come back from it to produce? Can Jamar Chase be the receiver that he was for that quick stretch in the middle of the season? Can Darren Waller produce like he did beginning of season and most of last year? Lots of questions for me for Tim going into this week. And, man, Joe Mixon's questionable now. So if he can't go, that's huge because JT's on by. So you would have to turn to Sony Michelle, which Darnell Anderson – I mean, supposed to be coming back, supposed to be coming back. So that's a timeshare, man. I it's looking worrisome in, in some regards for, for Tim and he just needs guys to produce like, you know, Hopkins and uh, you know, the likes of, of Dak Prescott as well. I mean, he traded pretty big time for Dak even. So we'll see, we'll see if it can, uh, if he can come back into form a little bit for Hayden. He needs Patrick Mahomes to just absolutely light it up. Uh, I'm talking 40-plus. He's got to have a 40-bomb game from Pat Mahomes. And then Cooper Cup and James Conner both need to light it up as well. They probably need combined for 50, at least. Uh, the rest of your lineup, man, is just questionable at best. I, I Just being honest. <laughs> um, you know, most of the logic in me says take Tim. He's the better team on paper. But I'm a big believer in trends and momentum, and I'm taking Hayden since I just I refuse to believe he can't just stumble his way into a win. <laughs> and the way I think of it is, if, if you got a guy, right, he's a single dude, he goes to a bar like, you know, every weekend for two months, and he just is completely wasted, whatever. You don't think he can't go home with a girl one night like one probably not going to be that attractive, but like you, you can, you can score one probably. Right. Right. (laughs) That's how I see this situation. Come on, man. Just one night, let it be a success. And I think you'll get it done. The funny thing is I'm taking Hayden. You're taking Hayden. Tim is taking Hayden. (laughs) We are, we just, we want this to happen so bad. We want this to happen so bad. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully it can. All right, now we're going to go into the next matchup and all everything riding on this one. Maybe the closest thing to a win in your end game that we have. And yes, I'm talking about Zach, three game winning streak at six and seven, taking on Stretch at seven and six. Again, if Zach beats Stretch and outscores him by 17 points, question mark, I think. Check my math yes, on that. That's correct. Um, that's correct. He, he's in and Stretch is not in. 
So this is this is certainly one to watch. And obviously, if Tim loses, that's when pandemonium happens. Zach, as it currently stands, has a 60% chance of victory. Nobody's going to be watching this game closer than Tim. And uh, Zach is off to a hell of a start. He had the cojones. He had the balls to start a Dalvin Cook 10 days off of a dislocated shoulder. He had Alexander Madison. I know it was a big thing on Twitter. Madison, Cook. Is Cook going to get injured on the first play? Is Madison really going to be the workhorse? What's it going to look like? Minnesota said, no. Dalvin, here's 27 carries. Go have 205 yards, two tutties, a catch for 17 yards, and have yourself a day at 35 points. So Zach, with a hell of a start, and I think even I could run on Pittsburgh for 100 yards right now if I had a good offensive line in front of me. They are just looking atrocious. Shout out to Hayden. Um, And for the first time in a long time, when you look at Stretch, I feel like he could say that he has all of his dogs, man. Um, You know, Debo is questionable. He hasn't practiced all week, so hopefully we'll get him back. But he's got Kamara back. We saw Kyler Murray's fine. Amari Cooper off of the injury report. So he's getting his dogs back. Um, And even if Debo is back, or is not back, he'd have to pivot to Van Jefferson which isn't an awful play. We said he's been performing well recently. And for Zach, I mean, he's largely been healthy all year besides the IR players that he basically traded for. And he's probably going to put up like another annoyingly solid point total for the way his team looks. Um, When you got Hunter Renfro and Jamison Crowder at this rate, they're probably both going to put up 15 and just be super solid. But watch this, watch this lane. I think this game comes down to Melvin Gordon, dude. If Melvin Gordon plays, he likely slides back into Stretch's lineup, I would imagine, over over like a Jerry Judy. But if he doesn't play, and we get another week of Javante Inferno Heat against Detroit, oh brother, I think you can just I think you can just wrap this game up. I think I think Zach walks away with it. If we get another week of Javante's Inferno. It would be bad. It would be ugly. So um, I think we're all rooting for a big point total this week. And I can see we we may get it. There is just great matchups across the board, both sides of the ball. Kamara comes back. He gets the Jets. Good night. With all that being said, I'm picking Zach, man. I think chaos ensues. Um, even if Tim wins, I think Zach wins by enough to get into the playoffs, man. I think he is going to sneak in there. Um, and that is that's crazy to say. Who are you picking? Well, I got to reference our pickums because I did it a few days ago. And while you do I that, went okay. with Zach as well. Actually. All right. And Tim also goes Zach. Hot dog. Have we swept all tune. of them so far? Yeah, we swept all, all of us. All right. Yeah. Well, there you have it, Zach. Uh, no longer the underdog. No longer the tanking princess. You have some expectations now. We think you beat Stretch. That's the picks, man. So uh, that is that. That's going to be a close matchup. We have one matchup remaining. That means it is your game of the week, ladies and gentlemen. And I'll just go ahead and preface it. We do not have the same picks on this matchup. And yes, I'm talking about the battle for the bye. Ooh, that's like good, uh, good alliteration. Battle for the bye. I'm talking about yes, your boy, Team Fairlife, at nine and four. Uh, playing against Steven at eight and five in Mount Passmore and also playing against the fantasy gods, Aaron, <laughs> let's go ahead and break this matchup down. Yes, sir. 
And this game is so important. Oh, my God. It really is. And this is how crazy it is, right? I mean, I am going to give Chris some sympathy since no one else in our league will. He's been taking a beating this week. I'm going to be a little nice to him. But at the start of my writing, when I did this, I believe on Wednesday. So it's only, no, actually Tuesday. Sorry. I did my notes on Tuesday for this podcast. So Stephen so diligent. Stephen had a 57% chance of victory, according to Sleeper, at that time. You guys want to know now what the percentage chance of victory is for Stephen? In three days, it's gone from 57% to 81%. Oh, good God. Almost 30 percentage points higher. And there's a few reasons for that. Uh, With Keenan Allen, with the COVID, TJ Hawkinson, as of today, some for some random reason, is doubtful to play. So Chris has no tight end available because Logan Thomas tore his entire leg in half, um, apparently. Uh, Jay, man, just up and down the board. He's playing the likes of MVS, playing Donovan Peoples-Jones. Hey, we got hyphenated names, baby. Yeah. We are team hyphenated uh, names. Yeah, the hyphen is is in full steam ahead mode. We might pick him. up Ricky Seals Jones. <laughs> you might as well just to stick More with the hyphens. Theme, right? You have to. Um, so I I gotta give Chris a little sympathy there. So it's gonna be tough sledding, but let's start with Steven first. So he welcomes back Nick Chubb this week. So that's gonna be very much something that is embraced by him. I did want to point out, though, he's leaving A.J. Dillon on his bench. Must I remind you, Stephen, you paid a first-round pick for this guy. So you paid a lot of capital to leave him on your bench. I mean, perhaps it's just a, I think my team's strong enough and I'm going to just have a depth piece that's solid and I'm willing to do a first-round pick for it. But I don't know. I don't know. It, within me, if it's me, I, I feel like I got to play that guy if I gave up a first-round pick for him. For reference, uh-huh. I gave up a first-round pick for Montgomery. So that's kind of like the the starting price point, I feel like, when it comes to first-rounders. Yeah. Well, no, I, I don't – I'm not neglecting the value of the trade. I just – Oh, yeah. No, I, I just understand your yeah. point. Yeah. Yeah. Mike Williams, until he – today, I think, was – diagnosed with covid he was primed for a big time game with keenan allen being out maybe that's a bit of a solace and and balancing out there for mike williams to not be available we'll see i think he's playing uh because he He was negative okay yeah okay so they says he's trending towards playing which is just my luck so yeah so that he's primed for a big game right he's gonna be the number one receiver with keenan allen out um fournette Absolute beast. We've already hammered that point home. And then Herbert gets a great matchup as well uh, against the Giants, which they are susceptible for sure through the air. Kittle broke out last game. The question is, can he keep it up? Because before then, he was really inconsistent, didn't really put up George Kittle-like numbers until this game. Uh, I'm just, in general, so scared of Steven. I would just rather not play him ever again. Like, never want to face him. Uh, as it stands in the playoff bracket, he's in the opposite side of it. So I would meet him in the championship. I hope it stays that way. Even CH has been consistent for him. So, you know, that was looking like a really lopsided trade at the beginning of the season, starting to look a little better for Steven getting some 
you know, solid 10 plus point games from CH. For Chris, very simple. You win, you get the bye. You lose, and you probably drop to the third seed based off record. Then a meeting with Steven likely in the second round if he were to win and you, you know, he got a buy. So that's kind of interesting is if Steven wins, gets the first round by, you would have to win your first round matchup only to play Steven again, which is kind of wild. The storyline is too juicy, man. It might happen. Yeah. Which is crazy to think um, for you, man. Saquon, I think has got to go off for 30 or more for you to keep up just based off of the players you're playing. You can't expect much from some of those hyphenated, you know, names that you're going to be throwing out there. Team Hyphen. And then Zeke would, would probably make me nervous. He just appears to be slowing down. So we'll see if he can get a couple touchdowns potentially on goal line carries. Uh, Keenan Allen being out, can't understate how bad that's going to hurt. And then tough matchup once again for Josh Allen against the Bucks. AJ Green in the flex. I think at the time I did this, you had him in your lineup. Um, I think you might have updated it now. Yeah, I got an MVS and People's Jones. I might get – I don't I don't know. It's just – I'm not having a good time. <laughs> yeah, but you, you're basically playing your best options at this point. Almost your whole bench is either on buy or hurt. So, honestly, I, I really did. I was looking at this matchup. I was like, is there a way I could see Chris winning this matchup and trying to envision it? but I just simply cannot. I think Steven has way too much and catches you on a really bad week, and I think he becomes the number two seed. Tim is also picking Steven, unfortunately. But you know what, Aaron? You know what? I'm picking me. I'm picking Chris because Team Fairlife has our backs against the wall. And you know what else? You know what else? I'm honestly so tired of being walked on by Steven. Ever since this podcast started, I've been nothing nice to him. Nothing but nice. You know, ever since one of the first episodes, I said, man, Steven, Mount Passport, that's my number two team. That's my dog. And he's just been nothing but mean to me. He's like the number one chief dogger of me in the group chat. He's telling me to suck it up because he's been dealing injuries too. Bullshit, bro. Tell me when one week you've had fucking six starters. That's what I have, Steven. Six starters out this week. Okay, fine. Oh, I haven't had Michael Thomas. I have a guy whose fucking mental health is shitty, okay? So we're even on that. AJ Brown's out. Okay, Robert Woods is out. Fine, you had Nick Chubb out. Okay, you get him back. Imagine if you had Nick Chubb out, dude. Imagine if you had James Robinson out, bro. Imagine if you had Mike Williams out, bro. Imagine if you had George Kittle out, bro. Then we'd be even. We would be even, dude, okay? Not, not you know, you'd have an advantage. No, we'd be even. And then also, Tim, with the yawning shit, get that shit out of here, dude. Like, Mr. No IR have an ass. Like, no, you guys don't understand what is happening to me to this week, okay? And I am going to be so excited, so happy when Marquez Valdez-Scantling just obliterates the Bears for two tutties on Sunday Night Football, and it's going to be awesome, and Josh Allen puts up a 40 bomb, and I beat Steven, and I get the bye, and my team is healthy, I get my dogs back, and we go, and I meet you in the championship, Aaron. I'm, I am just so livid at the at the at the feedback I've been getting this week, and everybody's saying, oh, you can't, oh, you're not that bad, oh, you're not, oh, shut up, dude, all right, yeah, we've all had injuries, but name me one team that has had this this week, 
Th- like a, a situation like this. Name one. You cannot. So suck a dick. I'm still gonna win. I'm still gonna win. I'm gonna. I'm picking myself. I'm getting that buy, and and that's it. I'm I'm gonna win. Steven's gonna die. And also, Tim, God, he, he really pissed me off. Like, it's not my fault that your top two receivers just decided to act like poop, and you're gonna probably going to get beat in the first round of the playoffs. Like, see you later, dude. Like, I, I will be coasting the championship. I'm so excited, and, and that's, that's my rant. I, I just had to get that out. Y'all don't know what I'm going through this week, man. I, 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 I should have locked it up last week. And then Javante, and I just – I am a – a pool of emotions. That's that's a man that's that's been through it, that got tossed around like a rag doll with his law school final. Jeez, you feel better? You, I think you, you've been bottling that up. Yeah, that's your that's your week fourteen preview. <laughs> hey, before before we continue, real quick. Did I hear through that rant one little piece that you predicted me to make the championship? Yeah, yeah. I think I think you I think you coast. Especially you'll probably okay. get the one seed. So you'll probably play like a Zachary stretch in the second round. And yeah, I think you I think you coast. So um follow us. <laughs> follow us. Instagram. Twitter. We, we're nice people, I promise. <laughs> Follow us Instagram, Twitter, this league underscore pod. The memes have been flying and they're awesome. Uh, as always, comment on here. Leave us a review. We appreciate that. Um, share us with your friends. We'd appreciate that. And as always, just like hit that like button harder than I just hit that rant. That'd be a good idea. You can just rail the like button in any context you want to take. Just just make it your hoe. Like, make it yours tonight. Just dominate it. Like that like button. What was that? It's, uh, it's like in Spanish. I think every week I'm going to start. How do you say like in Spanish? Gustar. Gustar. The, oh. It's it's too like in Spanish is gustar. So gustar or, or, the star button. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't just finish that. That rant exhausted me. Um, am I forgetting anything? Aaron, are we good? Are we good to sign off now? I just, I just need to go have a moment. I, th- I think we're good until you start to shed a tear. All right. Well, this is a pretty good, this is a pretty appropriate song. Me and Aaron just got real intimate. So let's go ahead and coast off to this nice song. I'm Chris. I'm signing out. Love you guys. Happy playoffs. And I'm Aaron. Go on, get at least I'm gonna say that I tried oh, the my I really can't say Baby, don't hold out Baby, it's cold outside You're very pushy, you know I like to think of it as opportunistic I simply must go Baby, it's cold outside The answer is no But baby, it's cold outside That's kind of rapey, dude. (laughs) Yeah, a little bit.